Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Whatever we're excited about, we talk about. You can't help yourself, and I want you to know if you really are excited about knowing Jesus as your Savior, you're going to be like the apostles of old who could not help but speak the things they had seen and heard. In other words, a testimony shouldn't be something that has to be worked up. We have to work on giving it, but it shouldn't be something that you have to to try to make yourself give, it ought to be something that you truly long to share with others because you know the difference Jesus Christ has made in your life. Uh, this is what we're learning from Acts chapter number 26 and the example of the Apostle Paul. What a model it is to all of us. In verse number 1, you remember Agrippa said, Speak for thyself. And the Bible says that Paul answered for himself. I love this. It's personal. It's not uh, some programmed thing. It is not just some religious speech. It's not a presentation of cold, hard facts. It is a personal experience of the grace of Jesus Christ that is being shared. And this is what we must learn to give. Now, we've learned several things already. First of all, we've learned that when we speak for ourselves, we must speak with a happy spirit. He said, I think myself happy. We've learned that we must speak humbly from our heart. That's essentially what he does. From verse 4 down to verse 14, he just shares his story of how he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Then we must speak about him, meaning the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's testimony in verse 15 takes a very decided turn away from Paul and exclusively to Christ, point people to Jesus. We learned in verse 22 that we must speak about the here and now. It must be a present tense testimony, what the Lord is continuing to do in our lives to this present hour. We pick up in verse 23 today that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. I'm going to tell you what a verse that is. Uh, in this one verse, you have the resurrection of Jesus Christ and you have the hope that we have through his life. In fact, early in the chapter, one of the key words was the word hope. That's really where Paul started his explanation to Agrippa. And uh, hope's sake and the hope we have, uh, the hope of the promise made of God. And so we're adding this today. When we speak for Christ and we speak for ourselves, we must speak with hope. Talk about the eternal life that is offered us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Talk about the future. Talk about heaven. Uh, talk about the light that the Lord Jesus brings into our darkness. Speak with hope. We're living in a world full of depressed, disillusioned people. There's despair on every hand. And Christian people ought to speak with a hopefulness, both in what we say and in how we say it, because, friends, we have true hope, lasting hope, 
in the message of the gospel. Then, verse 24, and as he thus spake for himself, there's that phrase again, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. By the way, there will always be those people that say you're crazy. That's, that's ridiculous. Be willing to bear that reproach. At verse 25, Paul said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. So let's add a sixth truth today. We must speak with honesty. Uh, there must be an honesty about the way we present the truth, the way we present the gospel. Uh, we must be very clear. We must be certain about what we say. That doesn't mean we necessarily have all the answers, uh, but it means that we know that when we speak, we're speaking with a good conscience, and we're just as simply and clearly as possible pointing people to the truth that is given in the Word of God. And frankly, that truth, that honest witness, may be called ludicrous, may be called crazy because it goes against the world's way or it goes against what someone always thought. Uh, be willing to bear that reproach, but speak with honesty. Verse 26, For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things were hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. And I love verse 27, King Agrippa, you see, he's spoken to an entire audience, but now he brings it down to this man. He's after someone for Christ. He's after something, not just intellectual assent or emotional response. He's after the will. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. So we've learned to speak with a happy spirit, to speak humbly from our heart, to speak about him, to speak in the here and now, to speak with hope and to speak with honesty. And then one more, number seven, speak for a harvest. What use is it? if we get the gospel out with no intention of bringing people in. Uh, friends, truth must be responded to. Revelation demands a response. I love the fact that after this Christian witness is given, he brings this man to a point of decision. He can't make the decision for him. He's not trying to push him to make the decision, but he's calling on him to make a decision for Christ. The decision he's calling for is for him to believe, to believe the Word of God, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a certain persuasiveness with which he speaks to this man. I know that thou believest. Sometimes I hear people talking about giving the gospel like it's just the presentation of facts. And uh, we just state it and then uh, that's it. But I would point out to you that in Scripture, the Lord Jesus brought men to a point of accepting or rejecting truth. Uh, the Apostle Paul and the other early apostles always brought people to a point of decision. It is right for us to call men to believe the gospel. It is right for us to challenge people to repent and place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, sometimes I'm asked, why do you give such a, a personal and specific invitation? I do that both collectively in large meetings and also individually in conversation with people that I'm witnessing to. Why is that? Because I'm grateful there was a day that someone gave me the gospel and ask me if I would be willing of my own volition to put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. A friend, I want you to know we must bring people to the truth, and we must bring people to a point of decision. If you're going to speak for Christ, you're going to speak for yourself, remember you're speaking with this aim, and that is that others would come to know Christ, that others would believe the truth and be saved. Speak for a harvest. It doesn't mean everybody's going to be saved. 
But everyone deserves to hear the free offer of eternal life, the whosoever will, the the plain message of the gospel, and at least to have the opportunity to decide for themselves. You speak for yourself and then call on them to decide for themselves. Would you pray today that God would use you? Would you pray today that God would work on the other end and give you a divine appointment, an opportunity much like Paul had in Acts chapter number 26, simply to share your faith in Jesus Christ? Now, don't worry about being a good speaker. Nobody gets saved because you and I are good speakers. They get saved because the message of the gospel is powerful and the Holy Spirit works in the hearts of those who hear the truth about Jesus Christ. We'll return to Acts 26 one more time uh, to look at the closing verses and Agrippa's response. But my friend, I want to remind you today that their response is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is simply to give our testimony and point people to Jesus. By the Lord's grace and for the Lord's glory today, may we all speak for ourselves. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ. Christ.